0: And welcome to Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine Pudve, and I'm joined now by my co-host, Matt Smith. Good evening. So, Matt, how's the week been for you?
1: Busy as hell. <laughs> it's been, it's been, it's it's nice yeah. to be off night shift, and I can't wait till the house next door is finally done its roof so I can get some sleep. Because you work a 13-hour shift and you get home, and you just hear bang, bang, bang through your headboard. Not the other way around, like I'm used to. You know what I'm not saying? The <laughs>
2: and, not the good way. Not the
1: good way. Yeah, yeah. I move a lot when I sleep. That's all, That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's
0: that's exactly it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> other than that, they're doing great, and the and the awesome. Canadians pick up a victory. So uh, what's well, not to be right? excited for? It. Yeah. A comeback at that. Yeah, it was three-one. <laughs> Yeah,
0: heard that before. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, things here are busy too. That's uh, so we haven't had a show since the weekend. Um, a lot's happened since then. A couple of wins, a horrible loss. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll get right into it now. Um, the Canadians pull off a big comeback win against Columbus after. A disastrous game against new jersey where they didn't necessarily play poorly but new jersey's just that much better of a team and to lit
1: them up yeah new jersey's one of those teams you just can't make mistakes so you you've got um to who loves montreal and loves playing them even more and then you've got jack hughes who is just lighting the league up this year you can't make uh can't make those mistakes No, you can't. However, we did see a much better effort from Montreal at the end uh, against Columbus tonight.
0: Well, I don't think they had a poor showing throughout the game. Um, I mean, they did get out shot in the first period, but I think that had a lot more to do with the fact uh, that any time they would get hit from behind they'd somehow end up even strength or on the on the penalty kick yeah
1: i i i knew we were going to talk about this so the thing the thing that bothered me the most was like veronkov hits jackie obviously jackie is going to retaliate he gets up he drops the gloves they have a little bit of a fight um we all knew that was coming. but it was veronkov literally got a free hit from behind on jackie because a roughing penalty was called against Jacki. So no man advantage for Montreal. So the way I look at it is like, you had your hit from a high. There's your initial call. If you're gonna call anything else, call an extra two against Veronica, maybe for roughing or for whatever else or, or give him a four minute or whatever the hell you gonna do. But Montreal should have had an advantage there. Then you you fast forward um two minutes two minutes and 20 seconds or so. And you've got Stellinger comes from behind in very similar play into new hook. And what does Tanner Pearson do? Well, I'm going to stick up for my my new teammate. He goes over there and it was more, it was a rough more than anything, but again, no, no penalty uh, or no power play for Montreal and, and everything's evened up. And it's, um, you know, like you talk about Montreal taking penalties, you take and and this kind of stuff. These are penalties I don't mind them taking because it's it's them sticking up for themselves, and it's them sticking up for their teammates. However, there's obviously some sort of gray area there, and I know we'll get into Cody Beach uh, a little bit later on, but I I know they talked at length about oh well you've got Cody Beach who's got less than X amount of games in the league. He was an ex-player, by the way. Um, and then you've got uh, Kevin Pollock, who is his veteran official. But the thing is, he didn't – it's not like Kevin Pollock s- stepped in at any time and said, like, hey, kid, like, maybe you made the wrong call. And he just kind of let him call his own game. So you can have that veteran voice with you all you want. But if the veteran doesn't step in, it doesn't do anything to the flow of the game.
0: You're right. It's uh... – it, it. The game started off with possibly some of the worst officiating I have seen in a long time. And, and I've, I've, my biggest concern with officiating, no matter what sport level, it, it's consistency. But in the case of the game against Columbus, the officiating was... Piss poor not because of inconsistency Because they were consistent i give them props on that If it wasn't for the fact that they were making these Horrible Boneheaded calls to even up For some reason uh, Then I would have said They would have had a well-officiated game But How do you call a boarding uh, A hit from behind And not give the power play to the other team Right Not once yeah, but but twice.
1: twice in just over two minutes.
0: Yeah, so you're essentially incentivizing the other team to continue to play le- like that. Yeah, it it came to the point where that uh, that rookie call up that they they had that hit Jack Eye from behind threw a fucking headshot.
1: Yeah, against
0: Harris. Yeah, exactly. So you're calling a headshot. Great, you saw it. You called it good. I, I like that i like the fact that they're calling that now but would that have happened had they given him a two or a four or handed a power play to the canadians for something like that because not doing it tells the team yeah whatever do whatever you want it's okay yeah. we'll even this shit up
1: yeah i said it was it was definitely uh it was definitely one of the stories of the game and uh you know i'm i'm happy that uh, obviously at the end of the day that the canadians come around with a victory but uh it's uh the it's like it's a adversary adversity that they shouldn't have to play through they shouldn't have That's to awesome. play against the officials and play against an nhl team to pick up points in this league like montreal is okay. not a savage you know chop you down physical kill you type team yet you look at the stats and it shows that they're just a bunch of savages um one 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 uh one thing that did surprise me though during the uh, during the broadcast, Montreal's fifth in the league going into this game in hits yes, and I was like, I'm quite surprised at that and then it and uh, and then it, and then they said, oh well, obviously they're leading the league in penalty minutes And I said, well, I'm not surprised in that. however, that makes sense. You don't look at the Montreal Canadiens roster and you're like, ah, oh, scared of those guys." <laughs> Not a lot of them, at least. There's a few of them. Not, There's a few of them.
0: Not necessarily. Right? Not necessarily.
1: But you look at
2: the roster. But there as is, a whole.
0: but there is a couple of people that teams should be scared of for yes. several reasons, and uh, we'll get into Mister Overtime himself in a little bit. But what I saw was uh, a couple of players that stood out for me, and yes. and for different reasons. So the first one's Nick Suzuki. He, w- people expect him to be the standout because he's the captain he's the top center he's had a bit of an up and down start to the season but yeah. this game here even though his high danger chances he was he he had five for uh, his team and six against um overall possession wise he controlled possession of the puck almost 66 percent of the game uh you know it, it, they push the pace for the most part. I mean, that first period really hurt the Canadians statistically as well, but he, he had an excellent game. He played over 20 minutes. He, he had a, a nice goal. So maybe that, that kind of wakes him up a little bit and sets him on the right path.
1: I think so too. Going into this game, he had three assists and now he's doubled his point total in a, in a game. Right. So I, I, I can see the same thing. I, I think the, uh, the two of them, uh, I know you're going to talk obviously about Caulfield next, so oh, mean, set, I'll set you. I'll set you. I'll set you up for that. But uh, yeah, Suzuki had a great game, and um, he's he's working towards his um, his face offs. Um, he didn't he didn't take as many tonight. Actually, he only took nine tonight. Oh, um, yeah. But it just shows the importance of having a guy like Monahan, and we saw it a few times when Monahan was out there to take the draws. Um, Monahan tonight, fifty six percent. On the other side of the ice, you got Boone Jenner who's very good in the face-off dot. He went 74%. So to have that guy going against you is not is never going to be an, uh, an easy, an easy time. But um, I I I think this shows the importance of having a guy like Monaghan. And and I think that maybe when a guy like Dvorak comes back, if Dvorak goes back to centering his own line. Maybe we'll see that Monahan shift to the wing and be that guy that's gonna play with Suzuki and Caulfield to complement them. um yeah, no that that would make sense or, uh, or shift New Hook back to the wing.
0: No, there was some debate on social media about New Hook and Monahan, whereas uh, they they felt that New Hook uh, wasn't showing uh the creativity. Like he has the speed, he has the shot, he has the path he but he doesn't have the creativity to generate the the offense, uh, whereas Monahan hood um, in his his own way. Um, so there was some talk of maybe pushing new hook up to the yep. top line. Yep. and while I agree that that might uh, that might actually work, I don't think it's the best path. I, I agree that Monahan. Is probably the better choice there yes. if yeah. they were going to put another center on that line. Right. Just because uh Slavkovsky's playing fairly well. Like he had a bunch of moments where he he would win board battles, he was able to get the pucks in, he yeah. was he was going to the net. He had a couple of chances there where he could have shot, but he had a hard time with the release. Yeah. And Newhook was the one that helped set all that up.
1: Right. My problem a little bit with Salkowski tonight was just the fact that uh, there was a few times he just gave the puck away. He was just, he had it on his yes. stick and he's like, ah, what do I do with it? And he just, especially in the third period, uh, when it was tied, yeah. there he yeah. had two giveaways on one shift, and I just was like, don't let it, don't let it end like this.
0: Well, the the one that I I couldn't help but kind of chuckle at, he was essentially alone along the boards going yeah. up yeah. ice, yeah. and. The defenseman was coming in to cut him off, wasn't quite there, and somehow Slogovsky lost the puck to the referee. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, the referee's <laughs> the against him line. anyway. The referee's against him anyway, so he may as well, All right. <laughs> I, I, I feel Beach. that pressure as well, right? Cody
0: was Cody was playing defense again for some yeah. strange reason. Yeah. Um, but no, but yeah, I agree. He had he had some nice moments, but he also had several brain farts. But that's part of the development process,
1: right? Speaking it's not like of, he
0: doesn't look like he doesn't belong.
1: Yeah. So speaking of development and taking the next step, Kolkoff feels Yeah. Oh, another oh. game, another game-winning goal tonight. Three-point performance for him, matching the captain uh, with uh, a goal and two assists. Uh, second overtime winner of the season, sixth of his career, and Montreal fans went home happy tonight because he looked fantastic in overtime he had multiple chances uh one almost went in off of Warinsky, but the shot that he took to to uh to win it for them like these are the things yeah. that these are the things that get the fans out of their seats and and couldn't have happened to a better guy i think that um he was all over the ice night he had eight shots uh three points as i said and he played over 20 minutes and this kid's just getting better and better uh, going into this game, he had six points. Now he's got nine. So, are we looking at a are we looking at a guy that's gonna you know break some of these uh, personal stat records this season if he can stay healthy?
0: Well, he's got nine game uh, nine points in seven games already. Uh, he's on pace for sixty goals this year. He is just flying high right now. It the whole game, he was. He was masterful. He had control of the puck. He controlled the pace. Um, he he went, I don't know. He was just he was all over that other team. And I mean, he had control of the puck nearly 72% of the game yeah. when he was on the ice. Like that just think about that. Three quarters uh, three quarters of the time he was on the ice, he had the puck. Yeah. I'm finding more. And he and was more... weaving through and he was but... weaving through crowds and everything.
1: Yeah. I'm finding more and more that I see him play and the more that he gains confidence. I'm finding when he gets the puck on his stick, that things kind of just slow down a little bit. I know that's not actually the way it is, but there's sometimes like the way he can just move and weave and go through defensemen and everything. Uh, Montreal is a, a special, a special, uh, talent in Cole Caulfield. And, uh, I think that uh, at the end of the day that um, the contract extension that they signed him to is going to be in a a real bargain.
0: Well, right now he's definitely uh, living up to his contract. Yes. Um, You couldn't really ask for much more out of a player, especially a winger. You know, you're not expecting a winger to lift the team and carry it, but so far this season he has. The yeah. Canadians have a winning record right now, and it it comes clearly off of his stick because he's he's won both the games in overtime. But right. They've won in overtime, <laughs> right? Um, but he started the year off, and he is just flying. He's on his game. He's he's really relating well to to Saint Louis. Uh, whatever it is that Saint Louis is talking to him about, it's working because. Yeah. The approach that St. Louis has had to play the sh- the small area games and play with more pace really, really fits with the way Caulfield plays. Absolutely. Now, St. Louis also um, talked to the press after the game, and he was talking about the loss to New Jersey and how they responded. Um, he was really impressed by the way they stepped up, especially when they were being pushed early in the game with physically um, and they stepped up and they, they, they fought back. They took control of the game and they came back. Now he also mentioned how the veterans are passing things to the younger players and they're teaching them how to overcome these issues. And that's the, the, the development that I want to see this season, whether they win the game or not, I mean, clearly everybody wants to see the team win, but even if they lose the sheer fact that they fought back in that game to tie it back up and they, they were pushing, they pushed the pace, they controlled the game. Even after that, that slow start and having the three, one deficit and they continued, I want to see that from them all season. Yeah.
1: Um. You know what? Even even that... even when things started to get tough, like towards the end yeah. of the towards the end of the game, Gallagher takes that phantom high stick. The trailing ref uh, throws his arm up, oh. and and then it's like, okay, here we go. We got a we got a power play with only a, well, only a little bit of time left. Then it's yeah. going to likely go into overtime and get a four on three, right? So, um, again, when you start talking about the veterans stepping up and everything, you look at that shift. And Sean Monahan came up with some really big, uh, really big plays in the game in, in, in total. But uh, during that penalty kill, he was the one that was able to clear the puck, got a few blocks in, et cetera. And yeah. uh, another guy that I'll give a shout out to really quick that I thought had a great game. And with the absence of a guy like Savard and Caden um, uh, Mike Matheson, he played 28 minutes tonight and oh, yeah. he is turning into such a value for the canadians blue line and to think that they traded jeff petrie and got this guy what a what a what a deal
0: you traded jeff petrie the first time
1: yeah the first time yeah yeah
0: <laughs> yeah let me be clear um yeah and i really loved his game uh i love sean mon sean monahan's work and matheson's work on that penalty kill into overtime they they were blocking shots they clear you know they were uh uh, Montembeau makes a nice kick save Matheson was able to clear it out uh, Monaghan makes the block and then they, they clear it so that I think was it just kind of highlights the kind of special teams you want to see from these guys yes. that's what you want to see you want to see that battle you want to see them challenge the other team and not just stay static and kind of passively waiting for something to happen
1: um, but that was, but, but that was it. But this is the thing that was Well, the issue that I have though, just about that point, yeah, is, yeah. I like that. I like the battle, but they were battling when the game was tied, yes. right? When and and they were like, yeah, we went in. It's overtime. We're fucked. Like we're we're we we've lost the game. I don't like the fact that, you know, they're down by a couple goals or they're down a goal, and they're hesitant to play the body a little bit. They're hesitant to make a play or they're hesitant to do what they need to do in fear of taking another penalty. Yeah. I guess the Canadians scored two power play goals tonight. Great to see. It was still not the best looking power play, but they still found a way to kill two or to, uh, to score two their penalty kill. However, well, well, they let in two, and they were both late in the power play. So you 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 kill off the majority of a power play, and then you let up the goal with twenty seconds left, right? Yeah. So you do you do everything right up until the right up until the end, and then you got one's past your goalie. And and I like and that's they, a good they, point they, about the Jacqueline Hyde. Yeah, they've got to do something. They have to do something to to be able to play that two minute. You know what I mean? And uh, another another thing that kind of irked me tonight was uh, a couple times tonight, like Mon- it happened with Monahan, that was the one that stood out. Break your stick, you break your stick. Just go, go, like just go pick up another stick. Like he skated around for a good little bit, just trying to you know throw a shoulder here or throw a throw a push here or there, anything like that. Like I think your team can kill off a five on four for. A couple seconds while you go to the bench, especially if the equipment manager is quick with your stick. Yeah. Right. That's just a, that's just something I noticed.
0: Hmm. But I think you have a very good point on that whole Jekyll and Hyde uh, penalty kill. Um. They are much better when they're active in their own zone. And you're right. They get If they get hemmed in, they get tired and they take shortcuts and they they collapse in and that's when they get in a lot of trouble and that we've seen a lot of that already this season and that's where the canadians really have to improve on the penalty kill now on the power play yeah they got they went 40% tonight 2 for 5 so <clears throat> it's an improvement definitely an improvement um you could probably I don't think anyone remembers the last time the Canadians scored two goal, uh, two power play goals in a game. <laughs> it's been a while. So <laughs> mark your calendars. Um, but it's showing, it's showing some form of advancement. The fact that they're using Monaghan in front of the net and he's active, he is yes. following the play. He is actively screening the goalie and he's able to make quick plays. Uh, they, there was a, there was a, a scoring chance on the power play earlier in the game generated by him moving shifting over and then doing a little quick pass up into the high slot for a shot. Now nothing came of it, but the fact that he's making these plays, that's, that's uh it adds another dimension to their power play. And that's, that's what they were missing because you can stop a, a pass to Caulfield. So, That's what I want to see out of them. Uh, The five on five play. They mean they control five on five. They're a very good five. They're one of the
1: better teams in the league early on in the year at five on five. It's, it's when the arms start going up is when their play dissolves and then they're either playing catch up or they're really playing catch up. So tonight though, they played catch up and it worked out for them. So we've got a, you know, a, um, A few nice goals that the Canadians scored. We've got a ref telling Tanner Pearson to fuck off. And then, uh, um, you know, the Canadians come up on top. So got to be happy about that at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. And uh, before we get back, uh, just want to get to one other player that I think deserves a little bit of recognition for his, his play. And that's Justin Barrett. He had a couple of moments where he had some brain farts, but it didn't really hurt the team that much. I mean, he he missed the stick check on the first goal, but he was positioned well. Like he was positioned to uh, cause prob- uh, to try and stop Goudreau, and there should have been someone else nearby. He didn't see that he was alone, and he didn't pick that up. So that's a mistake on his part. But overall. He he kept the puck up ice quite a bit. They controlled the puck quite a bit with him there. It was about sixty-four percent of the time they they had control. He there were more high danger chances for with him on the ice than against. He played over twenty minutes. Uh, overall, that's a solid second pairing game, and that's what you want to see from him. He gener- he actually created a few chances. They didn't score on them, but he he was able to create
1: them. I'll give a quick shout out as well to, uh, Josh Anderson. I thought he was kind of all over the ice tonight. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to, uh, to capitalize on some of the chances he had. Um, one tried to go to the back end, didn't work. The other one, he's like, I'll try to go forehand." that didn't work either. So, but I, I find that he's using his speed much more uh, efficiently. It's not just like blast till my, uh, till my tank's out. Uh, he's, he's using it in, in, in bursts and he's using it, um, much more effectively this season and it's just a matter of time points will start coming for him. Um, He's showing good things. He's playing the body. He's doing the, he's doing what he needs to do to succeed. And he's uh, creating space for his line mates. So good on him. A good veteran. It was a good veteran uh, game for him.
0: And back to Mr. Overtime goal Caulfield, Uh, according to Sportsnet stats, He has the fewest games to six career overtime goals in NHL history. Wow. At
1: 130. Impressive. I think he's earned the title Mr. Overtime. He's getting there for sure. (laughs) He's getting there. He's well on his way. He's
0: well on his (laughs)
2: way.
0: And before we sign off or move on to anything else, I just want to note that while it was an up and down game, the fans in that arena were going ape shit. Yeah. The Canadians, whether they're winning or losing, they're making their games entertaining and they're improving. So, last season, the season, well, actually, two seasons ago, they were hot garbage. Last season, they were garbage light because <laughs> it was too many injuries. And this season they're it's early, but they're showing a lot better. Um, the fact that they have more players on the injured reserve list than they have games played is still a problem.
1: But <laughs> yeah. yeah. But reinforcements but are on they're, the way. Like Ghooley skated yeah. today, Dvorak skated. Um, Dvorak's still gonna be a little ways, they're saying. I'm gonna say probably another week to two. Um The way that it looked for Gouley skating today, there was a lot of people that were surprised that he didn't play today. So I would say all indication says he'll be in the lineup against the Jets on Saturday. Obviously don't quote me on it, but it's looking that way.
0: Yeah. And Dvorak probably just after the first of November will be playing. Uh,
1: I could see him. I could see him joining the road trips. I think they go out to, uh, they go to Vegas. I think I don't think that they'll put him in like their first game against Vegas, but uh I think he'll join the road trip and he'll go from there, at least be around the team.
0: Yeah. And his return, that's where we'll start seeing a little bit more interesting choices and lineups because the Monahan, new hook, swappy, swappy
1: that we were talking about earlier. That's where we're coming to play for for that. It's a, it's not even that for me, it's does Armia go back down? What happens with the, the three goaltenders? Right? Or, do, yeah. or are they going to make a decision? Are they going to make a trade? What's going to happen there?
0: Yeah, there was some rumors uh, coming out again about Armia being uh, involved in some kind of talks for Matt uh, Anthony Manta with Washington for Manta. Um, we'll see uh, whether it happens or not. They can send him right back down without having to put him back on waivers. We're all good. Um, it's it's the primo.
1: He he played against New Jersey. He didn't play a bad game. No, for what I got to see of the game as I was working, but he he didn't play awful.
0: No, no. And for someone who hadn't played all year, being thrown into the net against one of the better teams in the NHL, yeah, with a lot of skill and speed, I think he held up well. He only gave up four goals, and he made some very nice saves. So. The, I think that'll help his confidence a little bit, even though it was a loss, yeah. but at the same time, keeping him on the roster is still holding him back.
1: Well, it's not even holding him back. It's it's hurting the other goaltenders as well. This, this was like, even tonight, this was Montombo's first game for quite a while. Um, Jake Allen has arguably been the best goaltender out of the three so far. And yeah. you don't want to sit a guy that's playing well just to put in another guy because you've got a third goaltender right they they have to i'm not gonna say ride the hot hand because i still can see them doing the 1a 1b but to be like well we gotta give our c a a game or two as well there's no sense of just having them on the bench or having them in the press box it might take away from that um you know that um that game after game uh, confidence of another goaltender that, that should be getting more starts.
0: Exactly. And now maybe if Montembeau was playing a little bit more, he would have been a little bit more on his game. Uh, he had one banana. Well, not a banana per se, but um there's a goal that he would have wanted back. That short side goal that he gave up. He, yeah. he would probably want that back. Maybe he would let that in if he was playing a little bit more.
1: Right. I honestly, I could say all three goals he could be faulted on at some point because the first goal went right, right, right across yeah. in front of him. Maybe he could have put his stick out. Maybe he could have played it a little bit better. The second one beat him clean. All right, there was no there was no screen. Beat him clean. Second one, he and then the third one, he cheated. Right. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll give it he, to there's... him. It was it was a nice play and. Um, everyone got drawn to that side, so I can see why the goaltender would follow. But again, at the same time, it's your situational awareness to know you've got another player beside you, and if I go all the way to one side, they've got a wide open net. That's what ended up happening.
0: Yeah, I guess. Um, I, I I'm not as critical on those
1: two as you might be. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna like. Yeah. I I, I want to see more out of them. I'd like to see yes. Alan back. Yes. I'd like to see Allen back in the net on Saturday. Yes. And then and then go from there. Because from there, you've got I think they're off again till like Tuesday, I believe.
0: Yeah, a couple of weeks off. Right?
1: Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday, they go to Vegas and then they're on the road, right? So we'll see. But decisions have to be made and and um not only do they need to be made with players coming back, they're going to be forced to make these decisions.
0: Yeah. So when the Jets come to visit Montreal, I agree. I think Jake Allen should get that start. The way he's played so far this season, he deserves a Saturday night start at home. Yeah, he does. Then they have to travel the very next day because they play Monday against Vegas. Um,
1: Oh, it is Monday. Yeah. 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 So
0: that is definitely not a game that I would put primo.
1: No, <laughs>
0: Me. Um. So yeah, the the goaltending side. The um. When Devorah comes mm-hmm. back, Armia's is mm-hmm. more than likely the one that's going to be gone after that. Yeah. Um. So it, it, we'll see some shifting in the uh, in the roster here soon. But that's for later on. Tonight is just the Canadians had had a comeback win. The the young guys showed some good uh, some good steps. The young uh, the young leaders like Caulfield and Suzuki carried the team in that overtime period. They actually carried them through the game. They they each had three points. And, and I mean, uh, Matheson is a number one defenseman right now, or he, at least he's playing like one. Yeah. So there's good there's good things to point to for the Canadians despite the up and down moments in that game agreed now before we go some final thoughts you we talked about this before we started recording tonight but for you the final thought is a' is a it's a good one
1: yeah so unfortunately um, the the uh, the NHL has decided to uh, decentralize the draft and uh, for me it all but kills the it kills the draft it kills the experience for the fans. Um, I I've had a great time throughout the years attending drafts. Um, was able to see some some great cities throughout uh, throughout the states and and meet some fantastic people. And that's just not um uh, just other fans, but that's some people within the media or even some uh some people in the hockey world. You know, like uh like Gila points or meeting Claude Lemieux or those kind of people. And just having the opportunity to shake hands with them and have a conversation with them is uh, you know, it's something that I'm going to remember forever. And, uh, you know, you take that aspect away from it, that more, more and more of these guys aren't going to be at the draft and fans aren't going to be able to have that experience. Like, yes, I can say, you know, I went to my first draft in 2014 and, uh, in twenty four, and you know, in in you know, like I was you know in my mid twenties, um, but you know, like it's it's just I don't know it's 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 difficult to it's difficult to explain. Like, um, I I look at for instance when we were at the draft in Nashville, um, and, and we were able to even meet some people there and. Yeah. I remember I remember um one of the individuals that we met and he was able to meet Carrie Price and get pictures with his kids and all that kind of stuff and now that's going to be something that another father or another mother isn't going to be able to do because they're taking this away they're taking the fan experience away from it and it's you know it's just something that kind of bothers- as a, as a hockey fan it just kind of bothers me right if if I'm there or not it's not just about me and about what I want it's the 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 next the next fan or the next family that's not going to have the opportunity to uh to have that moment maybe with uh one of their favorite players or someone that they look up to
0: not to mention on the second day when it's not televised there's still players there right up until the end so them getting exactly they get called when they get their name called it does not matter when it happens yeah they the uh the excitement that you see from these kids yep. and their families is that's part of the experience. Yep. You, you don't get that. I mean, when you're younger, you don't feel that kind of uh, nostalgia or emotion, but when you get to see it out of these people, when you're there, as, when you're you know as gray as I am, <laughs> that's part of the show for me. That yeah. I love seeing these kids um, achieve a dream. And you won't get to see that now.
1: Yeah. Like the way that they're going to, the way that they're setting it up, it's going to be more or less MLB style, NFL style, whatever you want to call it, or NBA style. It's going to be small contingent, small contingent, if that, and it's going to be, it's going to be Gary Bettman coming up and saying who the pick is, that person coming up, hugging their family. And and that's going to be it. But, you know, I've, I've said this before, the NHL doesn't a lot, doesn't do a lot of things, right the NHL draft was one of them and unfortunately they've ruined it. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. I hope that, um, I probably won't be able to attend this one next year. I know you won't be able to, um, but I'm hoping that if it does happen that they have people in attendance, let that be a great, let that be a great draft, make the, make the best out of it. And, hopefully people can, can walk away with that with some good memories and uh, then it can go to shit next year. Because I, I have a feeling exactly. that's is going to happen.
0: Yeah, and they'll watch their ratings plummet because of it. Right. Now, for me, the uh, my final thought before I get on to thanking our listeners is you talked about the NHL screwing things up. Well, Shane Pinto just got suspended as we record today at the 26th of October he got a 41 game suspension for uh quote-unquote uh gambling now Yeah. yeah he had a gambling account and the NHL announced that he did not gamble on hockey but on other things so they they said not on hockey other gambling here's 41 games meanwhile two years ago uh Vander Kane had the exact same issue pop up and he got what again nothing
1: a contract extension <laughs>
0: yeah yeah <laughs> so like it, it what makes it even worse is that the NHL has no problem taking all that gambling money all the website advertising all that from
1: like bet 99 and all the whole group oh, let just let just say it this pintor. way. Side of Shane Pinto's helmet this season would have had bet 99 on the side of it.
0: They did last year too. That's right? their that's so, the helmet advertising for the Ottawa right? Senators. So
1: I don't know. Like the, the amount that is driven down your throat during a game, it's like, let's go to this person with the, with the current odds. It's like, who gives a fuck? Like talk about the game. I don't give a shit at what the over under is for this person to score a goal or what they're expected. This is or whatever else. Yeah. I don't care. I'm there to watch the hockey game.
0: They're taking money hand over fist from these gambling websites. Absolutely. The sec- and I, I have, I don't think I'd have a problem with suspending a player for gambling. If that's what they do with any player that did it, but he's the first one to get suspended for gambling since the 1940s for fuck's sakes. Right. Meanwhile, just two years ago, under the same CBA and under the same rules, another player was accused of gambling. They investigated. They said he didn't gamble on hockey, but he did gamble. Yeah. But nothing was done. So, again, what's my biggest pet peeve with officiating in the NHL? Inconsistencies. And right there is the biggest one I could possibly see. I bet we'll see something worse.
1: Uh,
0: (laughs) Ah. Ah. But, uh, all right, so I just want to finish this off with, uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing uh, your thoughts with us on social media. Continue sending us those emails. We really do appreciate that. If there's ideas for a show that you'd like to hear, send that in. Uh, Who knows? Maybe we'll have a contest where one of the listeners
1: can just pop on maybe uh for for uh, before i let you go i just want to say that uh our thoughts are with the people of uh, lewiston maine tonight uh another horrific mass shooting in the states uh they're well documented that there are far too many happening and there's too many people that are down there that uh have access to weapons that shouldn't and uh, i know that um uh, one of our uh, one of our followers and one of our uh, our, our guests, Tristan, uh, used to play for the um, Maine Maniacs when they still had a team in the queue. And uh, I know he called that place home for a long time, and uh, just know that we're thinking him, and we're thinking of uh, Maine right now. Like, I grew up in new Brunswick. it's It's literally right there. Um, so just our our thoughts are with everyone that's uh, affected by this. Uh, hopefully, they find the individual responsible. Uh, as soon as possible. And, uh, you know, these uh, these families can get a little bit of closure.
0: Nothing more I can say on that other than 100% agree with you. And as I told Tristan already, hearts go out to you. And everybody you know back in Lewiston, Maine. So uh, to our listeners, thank you again for listening. And remember, if you're talking about it,